If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on v Welcome in. We're live downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort at Casino. This show is brought to you by DraftKings. And looking back at last night's national title game, Michigan covered game state under. They're the champs, 15-0. They took out the Huskies, 34-13. to Um at times, it looked very impressive. Then for like two quarters, they did absolutely nothing. And joining us now to discuss is Drew Butler from the Punt and Pass podcast and also the Steakhouse, his show on 92.9 The Game in Atlanta. Good morning, Drew. How are you today? Hey, guys. I'm great. Good morning. It's a little bittersweet with college football being mm. done, but happy to be on with you guys. Yeah, it stinks, man. I mean, can we fast forward to August already? Um, no doubt. How much of that last night do you look at it and say, well, that was like a lot of Michigan defensively, uh, causing that much havoc with their you know, line getting to Penix compared to how much really was that on Penix? Because that, to me, was one of the worst games I've seen Penix play at Washington. Yeah, you know, I've been such a Washington fan all season long, especially with how Kalen DeBoer, their head coach, game plans and schemes for Penix to be able to spread the ball around. You knew that Michigan was going to rely on their domination in the lines of scrimmage and the way they were able to disrupt the pocket It was highly effective. I I just thought Michael Penix was a touch off all night long. 27 of 51. The two interceptions hurt. A couple of missed passes that he hasn't missed all season long. And it just seemed like Washington couldn't make the play when they needed to to keep them in that game. I do have to give Washington's defense a lot of credit, though. I mean, they shut down Michigan in the second quarter and for about half of the third quarter to keep them in that game. But it just wasn't enough. Michigan warmed down with the run game, over 300 yards rushing. Corum and Edwards both go over 100 yards, both have two touchdowns. Michigan had more rushing yards than Washington had total yards. That is definitely a winning recipe. uh, The score was misleading. I mean, it's a seven-point game with 10 minutes left and then the phantom hold. But we were talking before you came on. Uh, I cannot believe how – you know Michigan wants to be physical and run the ball early on. And and the the two Ed, the first Edwards touchdown, come on, second and fourteen, and no one touches them, and no one touches them on the other uh, touchdown either. It's like why weren't you selling out to stop the run from the get go? Yeah, there seemed like there was a point in the game. It was really in the second quarter and after halftime where everybody, if you were on social media, it's like, why doesn't Michigan just keep running the ball? And why doesn't Washington just keep throwing the ball? It seemed like they were trying to fake each other out. And that's when the game really slowed down and where Washington was starting to fight their way back into it. But simply put, Washington 2 of 14 on third down. Uh, Those turnovers were costly. They Mm -hmm. couldn't stop the run game. It was just not what they needed to do to go in there and win the game, and especially with the way Michigan approached it. You cannot hang in there against an opponent like Michigan when they're just waiting to get to the fourth quarter, and that's exactly what happened last night. Do you think Penix, this is going to be a very popular conversation today, do you think Penix hurt his draft stock at all last night? 
And are you buying J.J. McCarthy as like a middle-of-the-pack first-round guy? As a, I don't see that at all, but people are – they got him in mocks going like in the top 10. I think the intangibles that J.J. McCarthy has is, is probably the most intriguing for any NFL team or GM or, or personnel guy. Now, Michael Penix, obviously, he can make all the throws. There's no doubt about it. I wouldn't say that last night hurt his draft stock whatsoever. Mm-hmm. What I would say in, in regards to Michael Penix is historically – left-handed quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, you can count them on one hand how many have been really successful. Obviously, Tua is in the league right now. He's a pretty polarizing figure. You got to go back to Mike Vick. You got to go back to Steve Young. I mean, left-handed quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, certainly there's not a track record of them being able to seamlessly transition into the league. What would you do if you're Harbaugh? It'd be a great way to go out. You beat Ohio State again. You win it all. You got the NC2A coming. Uh, the NFL can throw you a ton of money, not to mention now with college football changes. You yeah. play Texas, USC, Washington, Oregon, and Ohio State next year. With him hiring Don Yee as his agent, it seems like, and also like Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter's been all over it saying he, he's going to go to the NFL. And Adam mm-hmm. Schefter's a Michigan man as mm-hmm. well. It's not like he's Good just point. starting rumors. Uh, I think Jim Harbaugh, with the openings in the NFL right now, notably Las Vegas, Los Angeles Chargers, you know, I'm down here in Atlanta. They're in the market as well. I think Jim Harbaugh looking at the opportunity that he has to get back into the NFL and go chase a Super Bowl, which is ultimately, I think, what he wants to do. He's going to have his choice, and I think the timing is perfect. You did everything you possibly could at Michigan. You got your alma mater, that national championship. Go get back in the league, and, and, you know, college football is changing big time in 2024. Absolutely. Uh, well said. And and how do you, you – I, I love this, and I can't wait for next season. I, I would have loved to see how a Missouri or an Arizona was going to do as they were so hot down the stretch. How do you feel about this now as we go to 12 teams? And as Mitch said, we're going to have th- maybe three or f- four lost teams get in. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's fascinating because that first round, the quarterfinal round is right before Christmas. I think December 20th Correct. are those on-campus quarterfinal games. So that's going to be awesome. Now, as that relates to the transfer portal and early signing day, that's way over my head. These college coaches are going to be absolutely spinning their heads off their bodies because there's going to be so much going on. But when you talk about those teams, like a Missouri or like an Arizona that finished the season so well, and Noah Fafita was playing great, and Brady Cook and Cody Schrader at Missouri, they had a certain brand of football where you're sitting there going, man, I'll take these guys any week, especially outdoors in some elements. It's going to be awesome, and especially for a team like Georgia, my alma mater, who the committee had at number six in the last rankings. Uh, I think they would have done pretty well to fight for that third straight national championship. So it's going to open things up, and I think it'll be really exciting for the college football fan. Drew, when you look at the odds for next year, now here we are. It's one day after the game was played. I get that. But it was last year around this time. In fact, it was uh, January 10th when I saw tickets from the audience here yeah. who pay attention and, and watch, follow the money every single day. They were sending tickets on Washington at 100 to 1. Yeah. Um, when you look at the odds board, does anything catch your eye? Or is it just because of how the sport is changing and the portal and everything, you have to wait a little bit longer to really uh, make a bet? You know, if 12 teams are getting in next year, you you would obviously want to see what some of those long shots look like and who might get hot later on in the season. I'd look towards the late season schedules as well. I mean, going back to Georgia, Georgia's schedule next year is brutal. Yes, it Uh, is. At Alabama, at Texas, at Ole Miss. Ole Miss has done a lot in the transfer portal. And of course, you have all those SEC games as well. So can you, you know, get through the attrition of the injuries? Who do you play late in the season? But the value would be those teams who are going to get really hot 10, 11, 12, like in Arizona this year. I mean, I loved what Jed Fish and Noah Fafito were doing down there. That was a really exciting brand of football. And I would think that you could definitely find some intriguing tickets of those teams who are going to get in and they're going to have a lot of momentum to make some plays towards that national championship. Mitch tweeted this on Sunday, who was the most disappointing team in the NFL. Uh, I said Jacksonville. You said the Falcons. How about where you're at in your backyard about what they're going to do now? And, and one, a book in faraway places has Belichick, the favorite, yeah. to be the next coach of Atlanta. 
you know, I've never seen the Atlanta Falcons fan base so angry. Uh, and now it's turning to apathy because simply put, guys, this was just a wasted season. Uh, the NFC South, historically the worst division from a winning per- percentage perspective. The quarterbacks that they lost to, Josh Dobbs beat the Atlanta Falcons after having been with the Minnesota Vikings for 48 hours. Kyler Murray yeah. beat the Atlanta Falcons in his first game back. Will Levis, his first ever start, beat the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons lost to bad teams. Uh, the Falcons lost and got blown out in two road games back-to-back with playoff hopes still on the line, Chicago and New Orleans. The Falcons lost to Carolina, the worst team in the NFL. It was a wasted season. I think Arthur Smith hitching his wagon to Desmond Ritter was the ultimate nail on the coffin. Um, and now the opportunity for Arthur Blank, Rich McKay, and Terry Fontenot to go hire a head coach and tell that head coach, you can go get the quarterback you want if that's what they choose to do. I think it all depends on the plan that the Atlanta Falcons organization has. Is it we need to win in 2024 or is it we're going to go hire somebody new and allow them to develop a three to four year plan? Because if it's me, guys, I look at the opportunity to get somebody like Jim Harbaugh to get somebody like Justin Fields, pair them up. Mm -hmm. And I think 2024 is really intriguing for the Falcons almost immediately because I'm not scared of Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr Mm -hmm. and Bryce Young. I think you have to get a coach with NFL experience. I think you have to get a quarterback with NFL experience. You pair those two together with what the Falcons have on the roster. I think it's a pretty intriguing hire. So you think the best move would be a Justin Fields kind of a move for him in the offseason as opposed to they're picking eighth in the draft as opposed to maybe taking a Penix or another quarterback there. I would say this. I think the Falcons definitely have to draft a quarterback of the future. But if you look and see who's available, Justin Fields, hell, I'll go Kirk Cousins. What about Russell Wilson? Just somebody with experience to help lead this team, pair them with a coach that has experience as well. And I think you have a really solid roster heading into 2024. Yeah. Yeah, they disappointed, man. Again, with three years now under Arthur Smith, seven and 10 every single year. Mm. And they, they picked eighth in the draft every single time. They they, ne- they never had a three-game win streak under Arthur Smith, oh. and the offense the offense never scored 30-plus points in a game under You're kidding. Arthur Smith. That's the truth. Oh. The offense. I, see, I call, we went back and forth on this earlier. Paulie said Chargers' most appealing job opening. I can buy into that. I can also buy into this team. I can buy into Atlanta being the, the sexiest uh, job opening right now. The, NF- the NFC South is wide open, yeah. and I think that's the biggest thing. If you look at the defensive talent that they acquired in free agency this offseason, they've got a good offensive line. You've got some young talent at the skill positions in offense. Just tell this head coach you can go get your quarterback and hopefully let them run the show. Great spot, as always. You can follow Drew on X. He's at Drew Butler. His podcast is called the Punt and Pass Podcast. Also uh, hosts the Steakhouse on 92.9 The Game in Atlanta. Thanks, pal. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yep. Thank you. Okay, so a lot to unpack from that uh, conversation there with uh, Drew Butler. Um, when you look at the overall schedules, he's right. Georgia's schedule is a monster. Bama's schedule is just insane next year. That's why some of these teams, it's going to be inevitable. Three lost teams will get in. Paulie, the more I think about it, the more I think Utah out of the Big 12. Why not? Shop around, see what kind of a number you can find on the Utes. Yeah. No more Texas, no more, no more Oklahoma there. That really looks good. I mean, they should, I would say, lose two games and that's it. We'll recap more of last night's betting action and win some, lose some. That's next here on VSIN. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Last night, wow, winning. Or was it a rough one? Well, they can't all be winners, can they? Loser! You're a loser! Molly Howard recaps the night in sports betting in win some, lose some. All right, well, the books need, uh, took some sharp money on Michigan, but the books win because of all those big Washington futures. In any event, Edwards' first touchdown of the game, 16-1. to Edwards to score two touchdowns, 11-1. to To score a single touchdown was 6-1. to Corum anytime touchdown open 220 here at Circa got up to 450. I I saw 1100 at another book and no was not offered. Well, remember I brought that up yesterday too about him scoring two touchdowns. Yeah, then, plus 110. What is then it? Then we saw the odds were like, yeah, right. Yeah, maybe not. So yeah. if you bet it, I guess congratulations on it getting there. But. Yeah, to win MVP, he was four to one. What do you think of that? I agreed with it. 130 yards, two touchdowns. I thought, no offense. Who knows what Edwards gets if he if Edwards is the gets all the carries? I, yeah, I thought Edward, Edwards was absolutely yeah. the MVP of the game. Michigan from four up to five and a half. Michigan alt line minus ten and a half plus one eighty. Michigan Washington under fifty and a half plus one sixty. Michigan to win by seventeen plus plus three seventy five. Penix under one and a half touchdowns plus one sixty five. Jazz money line plus two eighty five. What were what were they up thirty on the Bucks? Yeah, thirty one at halftime. Whoa, Bucks cut it to ten. Was to Lillard, go to the fourth quarter? Was Lillard washing the Washington game? I mean, Lillard didn't play. I can't. That was. <laughs> I think he was uh, shining their shoes actually. Yeah, right. Because he gave them all his uh, new brand of uh, shoes before the game last night. Jazz plus eleven and a half, down to eight as well. Subscribe, be part of the team. Vsin.com. Our radio and podcast friends, you always want to see these tweets and videos. How about three dogs on a bike? How about this? Look at this. You got the kid, three on a bike, two dogs. The kid in the middle, you got the puppy on her back, and you have the other dog on the handlebars. Oh, you got the little guy in the basket. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there it is. You got the little guy in the basket. Is that too. it? There you I go. Mean, yeah, you four. Some, yeah, you got some room for more on four, there. Four on a bike. That is awesome. Look at the little guy. I missed him. Peekaboo. There you go. And the guy hanging on in the back. Yes, well, that's how you do it. That's excellent. Congratulations to Paul Giamatti, fantastic actor, great on Billions, phenomenal in Howard Stern's movie. Uh, the list goes on and on. He won a Golden Globe Sunday night, and then he goes out. How does he celebrate? In and out burger. How about that? And there was a there it is. He got a double double there. 
animal style. I think he's got the tux on and everything hanging out. Imagine you're in and out late night, and there's Giamatti. He's got the Golden Globe. Now, the other thing. That's such a, I love that move. Yeah, what a power move. You see who he's dating? No. He's dating the dominatrix from, the from Billions. Billions. She's an actress, but she was oh. the dominatrix Good on the show Billions. I wonder how that goes for him. <laughs> you know, I did see this about the guy. I love Paul Giamatti. Uh -huh. I think he's a fantastic actor. Uh, this was taken off, like, I think it was on X or Instagram. Somebody said, he's like, it's unfortunate that he's been typecast. And they said, whatever this show was in that he did, I didn't see it. Uh -huh. He's the same character in this show that he was in Sideways. Like, he's always the same uh, guy, which, yeah. eh, he's too good. You yeah. need to, like, give him different roles. Oh, he's great. No doubt about it. How about a jackpot? Nappy sent this in. Nappy 420. Did he, did he say, tell you where this was? I never. No, he, I ne well, yeah. he's playing the only game in town, Ultimate X. Quarter, triple play. He gets dealt fours and a kicker. Multipliers. The one on the bottom is eight times. That's five grand, folks. Here's the feeling good all the time. What a hit. Dealt to you. Piece of cake, triple play. That is beautiful. And one lose some. On the day the Ravens put the non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson, five teams immediately came out and said not interested. Four of them fired their coaches. <laughs> Atlanta, Carolina, Washington, and the Raiders. Oops. Yeah, MVP, one seed. Okay. If you're looking for a betting edge to the NFL playoffs and Super Bowl, we have you covered. Become a VSIM Pro subscriber today. Get the daily best bets with the leaderboard or see who has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving every game. Dog videos. Your first 30 days is $9.99. VSIM.com slash subscribe. Sign up now. All right, excellent job, guys. Golden Globes, succession cleaned up. Oppenheimer cleaned up. I think there's money to be made with the Oscars and Richard Roper on tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Can't wait to talk to him. Feedback that we're getting, we brought this up earlier in today's show, and we gave you uh, the worst five bets that we think we made throughout the NFL season. We also tweeted those out at VSIN Live, at Mitch Moss Radio, at Paulie Howard. Robert Sala, coach of the year, when they were 3-3 three and three going to their bye at 17-1, probably the worst bet that I made on the entire year. Um, the feedback we're getting, Dan Goodwin, he bought into the Saints having Carr, Kamara, Olave in that division, played them highest scoring team in the league. Mm. Andy, Mike McCarthy, coach of the year. His thinking was he took over as a play caller. That's a huge upgrade from Kellen Moore. Yeah, it was. It was from call, uh, play calling. Yeah. Uh, Curran Johnson, chargers to win the West. Dennis Allen, coach of the year. Jacksonville, AFC. Seattle to win their division. Yeah, Chargers to win the West was, uh, sorry, Curran. Uh, Ken, Cade Klubnik to win the Heisman. Yeah, don't and don't bet him next year either. Uh, this is uh, unfortunate. ABW1903 on X. His worst bet was the one that he did not make. He had the Ravens 25-1 to to win the Super Bowl. And he got cold feet. Oh, he was going to put five hundred down to win twelve thousand five hundred. Well, long ways to go, but certainly what they've done in the regular season going back here is impressive. But now Lamar has to get it done. Now I think he three touchdowns, five interceptions in his uh, playoff history. We were talking to a hardcore Clemson fan. Uh, he said, "Like Klubnik, uh, the elevator doesn't go to the top floor." Ah, uh, okay, which is, could be a problem. This is from uh, Dan Lipschatz. Akron over three and a half wins. Got to be one of his worst. But in the NFL, Packers' worst record in the league. Well, he took a shot. Yeah. Well, the worst one so far has been right coach of the year. That's so far. Right coach been, of the yeah, year. You know, everyone, yeah. Just um, to, be, to be whacked that early and just he was up against it with Bryce Young. Well, but a lot I of people, can't believe that. They never ran a play the entire year with the lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, That's impossible. I wonder, did the... Those 0-16 teams oh, yeah. in Cleveland and yeah. Detroit, but did they have leads in the fourth quarter? Well, those Lions, yeah, Lions, were, that team was competitive. They were always cashing tickets, and that was... That yeah. Cleveland team, I recall, not being very competitive at all. Must have been one or two of them. I think the Browns, didn't they have that stretch where they were like 130-1? Yeah. Didn't they have the tie-in? Um, yeah, I can't, most people are chiming in with, they fell for Jacksonville. Everything on Atlanta. Got me on, yep. Every which way on Atlanta. Yep. This is from uh, I had Fink, Smith. Yep. Finky. Biggest mistake. Titans division after they beat the Giants. Fell for it. Power trip bets on X. The under 
on NFL passing yards leader Tua. He took his under passing yeah, yards. Yeah, I understand that. I know. You thought he was one hit away from being out. Tri-state cappers on X saying any Patriots bet I put in. think I would yeah. own three when betting on them. I can't believe how many people thought they were going to be good. Well, they were taking... They, right. were, I was, they took money week one against Philly. I, th- I, I want to say that a lot of sports books were reporting, quote, sharp money on the Patriots again this week. Throughout the year. Yeah. They just they were taking respected money, uh, and yeah. they just... That reminded me of those Browns teams. They were so bad. They were taking professional were taking money every week. Sharp though, right? money and every single week losing. didn't matter. And, and losing. losing. And they just, at some point, it's got to be like, I don't care what my numbers say. I can't possibly lose on that team yet again. Yep. Uh, Willie Beeman, thanks for checking in. Oh, the women screaming. Found Utah 75 to 1 to win it next year. I think that's a good shot. That's a good number on that team. Yeah. Good coach, quarterback coming back. Fantastic coach. That, that conference was lousy. Did did really well. That guy has done like exceedingly well in the Pac-12. Pac-12 is bigger than what the Big 12 is going to be. Uh-huh. No more Texas. No more Oklahoma. You got to put up with K-State. Arizona's going to the Big 12, but are they going to have a? And are they going to be able to repeat what they did so last it's, year? It's a game changer now. It's what you, like the yes/no playoff props. What's that going to look like? And now that we're going to get 12 teams in this thing, who yep. knows? By the way, um, two of the guests that we had on last week getting their thoughts on the national title game. Brad Powers was all over Michigan. Good job by Paul Stone. Paul Stone nailed his two props that he liked. Yep. Um, he had Westover with the receiving yards. That, By the way, that prop moved. I, when he came on last week, I think he gave out 24 and a half. I saw as high as 32 and a half before game time last night. That went over. And then he, he also liked McCarthy rushing. And I know a lot of people were screaming, like, where are the, we need more runs from McCarthy. Where are they? And then finally he just made that one play happen. And that was they, a huge play. They were going to have to punt from huge, their own territory. Huge. There that were so many. Down. There, it was a bad football game, but there were so many big plays that happened in it. Yep. Or potentially big plays that didn't happen. I mean, how Penix missed Odunze there for the touchdown. Easy throw. Oh. It was from me. It was too much backpedaling, though, as well. Yeah, just you know, backing up, backing up, and then let, letting it go. And but you didn't. You did a no. You had no rushing attack. Just Johnson getting hurt early, and then you become one dimensional. He threw the ball fifty-one times right away. Second and fourteen. You're like, eh, maybe they can make him punt. No, Edwards untouched yeah. of the end zone. Next that drive. Well, what's going to happen here? Oh, Edwards again, mm-hmm. right in your face. Even an easier touchdown. Uh, We'll talk NBA. Tom Habistro is going to join the program coming up next. He called his shot for MVP before the season started, and now he's doubling down. Welcome in. We'll hit some uh, NBA here. Tom Habistro does a great job covering the NBA. He has a great substack at TomTheFinder.com. I subscribe. Hardcore breakdowns with numbers all the time. Analytics insider for the Trailblazers who played the Knicks tonight. More on that coming up in a minute. Uh, thanks for the time as always, Tom. We appreciate that. I'm glad in your substack, TomDefiner.com, uh, you pointed out that you made the case for Shea Gilgis Alexander to win the MVP before the season started. And you doubled down yesterday. Why are you so high on where we're at in the season with SGA? SGA has been so good on both ends of the floor. He's a guy who's averaging 31 points, six assists, six rebounds a game. But more importantly, it's the defense that I think people aren't paying attention to. This guy has 24, as of yesterday, 24 more steals than the next highest guy in the NBA. Those are creating turnovers. It's more important, in my opinion, to get a steal than it is to get a block because blocks Like, let's take the case of Joel Embiid. 40% of Joel Embiid's blocks don't turn into steals, meaning the 76ers only recover 60% of his blocks. So we tend to think of blocks as, oh, yeah, that's a turnover. They stop the shot. They go the other way. But Shea Gilgis-Alexander is turning these uh, defensive plays into instant offense. I looked into the numbers according to Second Spectrum. When Shea Gilgis-Alexander gets a steal for the Oklahoma City Thunder, The offense in the other direction, they have 142 points per 100 possessions of the (laughs) offensive rating. That's insane, okay? 
The average offensive rating in the NBA is 110. They're getting 142 on those plays where Shea Gillis Alexander's stealing the ball from the defense and going the other way in a track meet. He is so good in the open court. And it's almost like with Lou Dort and with Chet Holmgren locking down their guys and owning the paint and owning the perimeter, it's almost like they're having Shea Gilgis Alexander be this cornerback, this free safety who's out there hunting for steals and then boom, going the other way and getting an easy buck. So Shea Gilgis Alexander right now at, at, at dunksandthrees.com, they have a stat called estimated wins, which is an all-in-one metric that incorporates not just your box, box score stats, but also your on-court, off-court data. And Shea Gilgis Alexander is far and away the best player this season in the NBA, and I think he is the MVP, and I think a lot of people are getting too caught up in the Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic race. Okay. I think Embiid's going to drop out of it pretty soon. This is great. This, this is hardcore. This is awesome. Well done. Now, Presti had the quote about, we're just having our breakfast right now. They could be win the division. They could be a top three seed. What would you do if you're running the organization? Do you make a big move? Good point about Dort too. He's been really improved his shooting. But would you make a would you make a move if you're Presti? I would certainly look for it. I would look for uh, the Utah Jazz and Larry Markkinen, and here's why: he is a star. He started the All Star game last year, but more importantly, he fits the timeline for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's 26 years old, so mm-hmm. yes, he's a star, but he's also on the younger side, going into his prime. And secondly. He has two years left on his contract at about $18, $20 million for the next two years. That's a bargain. That's half as much as some of the other stars in his caliber are making, sometimes a third as much as a a megastar in today's NBA. And he's such a great shooter, playmaker. He fits a lot of what they do offensively, and he's so big. So you can play him at the three. You can play him at the four. You can play him at five in small ball lineups if Chet is in, in... Uh, foul trouble he's such a great fit for what OKC is doing in age and in salary and the Utah Jazz if we know one thing about Danny Ainge who's running that that basketball club Mm -hmm. he loves draft picks and guess what Sam Presti has draft picks for days in his cupboard so I would say OKC I would bet that they aren't going to make a huge deal but if they are going to swing for the fences here I think it's for a guy like Lowry Markkinen who's in a small market who's on a team that is trying to rebuild just like OKC, and the Thunder have lots of picks, and we know Danny Ainge loves those. Would you call them a true contender with or without making a move? Yes, yes, and that's because the Western Conference is wide open. I'm I'm not sold on Rudy Gobert as being a defensive anchor in the postseason. They're the number one seed out West, but now with Golden State, Phoenix, the Lakers are floundering. John Morant out for the season with a shoulder injury as of last night. This Western Conference is there for the taking. So normally I would say, hey, look, you know, the Denver Nuggets, they're the reigning champs. They're the favorites. But when you're talking about Jokic, who's coming off an amazing finals run last year, I just think that the NBA finals is wide open. And OKC, for me, Mm. the upside is there. Um, In a normal season, when Golden State Warriors are, are running and Lakers are dominant or and the big three in Phoenix are healthy and going and playing at a, at a high level, I would say, hey, he's off on OKC as being true contenders, but they are so good on both ends of the floor, and I think they've got even more to grow. Do you see the Lakers getting it together at some point during this regular season? Do they know it's 2024? Like, this is the three-point era. They aren't shooting threes. They yes. don't play guys who shoot threes. And that's one of the big reasons why they're not really contending this year is because the offense is totally compromised. They don't have spacing around LeBron James. They don't have spacing around Anthony Davis. And this whole Austin Reeves awkward dynamic with with Coach Ham, bringing him off the bench for most of the year after what he did at Team USA and after how he finished last season, something is awry. I don't understand why they can't put shooters around LeBron James or refuse to play the guys who play well with LeBron there's something going on there. I don't buy it, but defensively, this is a team that should be top five in the NBA in defense. They play defense first players, and yet they can't defend at a high level. So which is it going to be? You're going to play defensive guys, role players who lock down defensively, or you're going to open up the floor with shooting. They haven't done either, and yeah. that's why they're floundering. I don't, I don't see them getting it together for the rest of the year. I, I'm, I'm selling them. Okay, very good. And the fact that they were 24th in offensive efficiency uh, blows my mind. How It's a small sample size, but how about the Knicks? 
since they acquired OG, up 20 on Minnesota at home, and then they go into Philly and blow them out in a game Randall made one shot. Are you buying the Knicks? I'm buying them not as true title contenders. I put them on my fifth tier at TongaFinder.com. I put the uh, title contenders Uh in tiers, five-star rating, four-star rating, pretty simple, just like an Uber. And I think what I – I was discounting the Knicks from the get-go. I just moved them into my uh, five tiers in the bottom row. I'm still a little skeptical of a team that has Julius Randle and their their ceiling in the playoffs. I do think that there's a chance that they move Julius Randle at the trade deadline. He's a he's no longer a CAA guy. This is a, a franchise that is built from Leon Rose from uh, CAA, the agency. Yep. They just acquired OG Ananobi, who's a CAA guy. He's been plus 85, OG Ananobi, plus 85 in four games. That's the best start <laughs> over a four-game stretch in Knicks franchise history. A lot of that is fueled by unsustainable three-point shooting, but I would be more convinced that they are a true title contender, guys, if they move off of Julius Randle and get a more reliable star in come playoff time. I'm a believer in Jalen Brunson, but this team, I think, still has a couple moves to go before I, I call them true title contenders. Okay, how many teams above them in the East do you think will also make a move? I mean, rumors came out this week, and I think anybody could predict this, but the Celtics probably are going to try to make a move. I think the Bucks, abs- there's something wrong here. I know the offense, and no Lillard last night. They have to do something, and then do the Sixers do something as well? Yeah, what's going on in Milwaukee? It was a, a lot of smoke before the season. The fact that Terry Stotts, Damian Lillard's yes. trusted former coach, resigns uh, right before the season. That is not a good look for a coaching staff. Adrian Griffin, the head coach, their first-year head coach, and you're getting a guy like that who's saying, you know what, I don't want a part of this. I can't do this. So I think something's going on with Milwaukee, too. Their defense really isn't where it should be. Brooke Lopez and Giannis ended a Kumpo. Uh, they, they should be much better defensively than where they're at. So I think they have to upgrade on the wing, especially. Uh, they've got enough shooters. They've got enough playmakers. But I don't think they have enough defensive guys on the wing. Jay Crowder being injured hurts them. And I also think keep an eye on P.J. Tucker over there on the Clippers. He's kind of in the doghouse right now. And if they upgrade defensively, we know what they can do with P.J. Tucker um, or other defenders in the league. If they get an upgrade there, I think they're going to be uh, much better off. They need to do something defensively because it just seems like they're not locked in, that they're tuning out the coach, that they're not figuring out, hey, we're Leonis and Brooke Lopez. We're a wall. No one can score on us. And yet they're one of the, the more disappointing teams on that end of the floor. They shouldn't be where they're at defensively. And I think Boston Celtics, for me, they're the title favorite. They're so locked in both oh. ends of the floor. Uh, I think the title's there for the take. Yep, totally agree. Tom, we only have like 45 seconds here. What are you hearing about Halliburton's injury last night? Uh, that's scary. I mean, anytime a star player gets carted off the floor, that is scary. But secondly, the way they play, they run track meets every time down the floor. They're the best offense in the NBA for a reason. They get up and down, play seven seconds or less. The Mike D'Antoni offense under Rick Carlisle and Tyrese Halliburton, you're not going to rush that guy back a hamstring injury mm-hmm. if he's dealing with with an offense that high octane. So I'm a little worried about Tyrese Halliburton and what a season he's had so far. Tom Habistro is the analytics insider for the Trailblazers. Again, they get the Knicks tonight. Also does a great job with the Substack. I subscribe. You should as well. It's TomTheFinder.com. Incredible numbers and research that he puts into it all the time throughout the season. Thanks so much, Tom. We appreciate the time. Appreciate you guys. Have a great one. You too. Thank you. Be good. In pocket plays coming up and a couple of observations for some college hoops games tonight as well. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. 
My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. to determine the winner of any given college basketball game. Someone gives you 10,000 to 1 on anything. You take it. Take it. Take it. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you 3 to 1 odds. Nope. 5 to 1. Nope. 10 to 1. You're on. All right. We got a lot of ground to cover here. Uh, graded place from last night. Corum to win the MVP. Cash it. 4 to 1. He gets it with his big performance. No, no offense. The yeah. award 100% should have gone to Donovan Edwards. I'm offended. Without question, Edwards was the MVP. Without question? Oh, my God. With Without those two runs, Corm's never in position to do what he did last night. It's it was 14. strange what they did with the carries. Yeah, they, Edwards could not, wasn't touched. Yeah. Two long touchdowns like that completely set the tone for the game. All right, so we pick up four units there. Hopkins to have 1,000 receiving yards plus 150. Winner. Nice year. 40, uh, yeah, yeah. Bills, uh, maybe Chiefs make oh, it happen. What a, what a mistake. They couldn't go to Kansas City. Some of the plays he makes and what he did Sunday, the degree of difficulty and the hands and keeping his feet in bounds. Watching him play, he still got plenty yeah. left. Yep. All right, plenty plenty of uh, uh, stuff graded now throughout the season. 49ers under 11 and a half wins. Winner. Saints to win the division, no good. Look at this. This was a middle-of-the-season play after the rot- under six-and-a-half wins. My Jets loser. Oh, they get oh that. wait. Did that put him at seven yeah. with the win with on the Sunday? Patriots, yeah. My God. Great job, Stefanski. I thought they were – this was when the Watson injury happened. Browns under ten-and-a-half wins. I lose that by one. But the job that the, the Stefanski did and to get Flacco, who's walking his dog in Cousin Sal's neighborhood off the couch, what a job. Seahawks to make the playoffs? No. Minus $2 a winner. Vikings to miss the playoffs. That came in. Late $1.50 at the time. Uh, and that was another winner as well. A lot of stuff here. Uh, pending. Chiefs lane three and a half. We like that. Also adding the Brownies at minus 145 on the money line. I like them. Also a hedge with the big Texans ticket. And they scare me. If they would match up with the Ravens. How can you not be afraid of Flacco and what the Browns are doing? And... Uh, two recommendations. Well, no, it's one recommendation. But 
the props, a ton of props already up at DraftKings. And they're doing a great job. And certainly it'll be, you'll get lost in everything with the six playoff games. Tyreek Hill and C.D. Lamb to combine for 250 receiving yards. Yes, is three to one at DraftKings. What a run C.D. Lamb's on. He might get a buck seven against Green Bay, what he's doing. Can he steal? A bunch of people asked us this <laughs> yeah. over the weekend. Can he steal Offensive Player of the Year from Tyreek Hill or McCaffrey? McCaffrey, yes. The way he closed, led the league in receptions, wasn't close. The touchdowns, one shy of Tyreek Hill. Yep. I think that's a possibility. Mm. And you can find 100-1 to one on this. Both teams make the playoffs now. Winningham's a great coach. Late November, Cam Rising announced he's coming back. This is Utah's schedule next year. Southern Utah, Baylor, Utah State, Arizona State, Colorado, Houston, at Oklahoma State. They get Arizona, BYU, TCU, Iowa State all at home and one of the toughest places to play in the country. Wow. You gotta be kidding me. A hundred of ones available. Yep, they're gonna um, they're, they're gonna put it. They're gonna. I think worst case two losses. I'm definitely shopping around for that today for sure. Uh, here's the mistake I made last night. In pocket, I gave out and I bet Michigan to win by one to thirteen. That was plus one eighty five. And I thought about this, but I didn't do it. You could have also bet Michigan to win by thirteen plus and also plus one eighty five. You could have split two bets there. And if they win the game, you're gonna win one of those. They were both plus one eighty five. So I made a mistake on that part. And they blew him out. They won by three scores. So that bet was a loser. Raiders under six wins, plus 185. No good. Seahawks over eight and a half wins, minus 140. Easy. That was the winner. Piece of cake. Now, did you see this one? This one got there. Lamar oh, Jackson, most no. passing yards. AFC North was 14 to one. Come on. Everybody else was Everybody injured. Hurt. Yeah. You had him to yeah. lead the league. I had him to lead I the said, league. I said, hold on here, he Jack. Was at 30. Yeah, yeah. Hold on here, Jack. Okay, yes. Um, so that, that one got there. Chiefs got me four and a half division wins. Yeah. No good. I got four. Now, Kenny McIntosh was a pizza money bet offensive rookie of the year. One of the worst bets I made this season. Browns to win the AFC North at plus 250. That was a loser. I'm also adding Chiefs minus three and a half against the Dolphins. I don't like the spot. I don't like the matchup. I don't trust the Dolphins at all. Not that the Chiefs are any great shakes either. I'm leaning towards adding under 44 as well, but we'll go Chiefs under, uh, minus three and a half in this game against Miami. There it is. What a season. All the bets going back to the summer. DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, bringing you an offer that'll help you make the playoffs even better. Six games. This is great. What a weekend. New customers can bet $5 on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. You're going to be blown away with the selection and all the props that are up. Who's going to have the most rushing, receiving, and passing for the entire playoffs? That's already up. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code VEGAS. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Code VEGAS. The crown is yours. College basketball tonight. A lot of good teams are in action. Uh, I'll give you a couple of observations from this past weekend into their games tonight. Missouri plays at Kentucky. Now, I watched the Kentucky game against Florida. Kentucky was a three-and-a-half-point dog in that game on Saturday. They could not hit um, the broadside of a barn. Maybe that's my Midwestern roots showing with that reference. But they were terrible in the first half. And entering that game, Kentucky was the second-best three-point shooting team in the country. They were one of ten from deep in the first half. Trailed Florida by eight. That's because the Gators made eight threes in the first half. Only one after that. Now they're shooting, Kentucky is 40.5% from the uh, the country. That's fourth best overall. This team, again, as I've told you, every time books move them beyond 20 to 1 to win the uh, title, I keep betting them. So I have four bets Hmm. on Kentucky to win the national title at this point. Why are you going to do it, torture yourself like this? You hate the coach. Yes, however... He's never had shooters like this. Okay. And Kentucky's always a team that will go in these long droughts, and it's like my wedding night, right? The John Wall, Boogie Cousins team. Yes. Hey, Mitch, you getting ready? You going to walk down the aisle and say, you know. Hold on, hold on. Bledsoe was on that team, Bledsoe, too. Bledsoe, loaded to the gills. There was somebody else. I think they put, okay, go ahead. They would have stomped Duke that year to go yeah, to the, uh, in the Final Four. Anyway, they, they started 0 of 20 from 3. Uh-huh. My brother's a lifelong Kentucky fan. Still blames me for getting married on that day for that team losing. Um, 
but he has multiple players that can shoot. They're not afraid to shoot it. I haven't seen this from a Kentucky team since Tony Delk was there, but they also have talented bigs. They're so deep. Shepard's awesome. Love this team overall. And then the other team would be Baylor. Now, they're taking money in this game tonight. It opened two and a half that I saw. They're up to four and a half against BYU. I think BYU is a little fugazi here. Matt Humans yeah. pointed this out earlier. Baylor shot, think about this, they shot two of 15 from deep against Oklahoma State. They were shooting 47% as a team from downtown going into that game, which is just bonkers good. They somehow, the game went to overtime, never want the dog in overtime. They covered the number against Oklahoma yeah. State. BYU only, this is a fascinating game tonight, they only allow 5.2 made threes per game and teams that shoot 26% from downtown. That's tied for fourth best in the country with Houston. They also shoot 35 threes per game, BYU does. Second most. So maybe we get a track meet tonight. Something's kind of got to give. They make 13 threes per game on average, most in the country. Um, But I do agree with that move on Baylor. Up to four and a half, don't want to play it at this point. Very intriguing what's going on in the Mountain West. I teased it earlier with Matt Humans, but all these big boys are in action tonight. Now, Utah State and Nevada, you know, uh, uh, playing, uh, you know, a lousy schedule, but still, Utah State, always a tough place to play. They're 14 and 1. Colorado State's 13 and 2. Just had a tough loss. Um, Nevada's 14 and 1. New Mexico and San Diego State, 13 and 2. Impressive. start. Yeah, absolutely. Now they're going to beat each other up. But a couple of these teams did well in the non-conference, and you know what San Diego State did last year. So uh, New Mexico's out here tonight to play UNLV, and they're a short road favorite. I wonder how the committee will look at that, because every other team got bounced early and it wasn't pretty in the Mountain West last year, and they've always been a bet against in the tournament, but then San Diego State made the national title game. I think think they, they won't hold it against them. They could get five bids, four bids. Oh, four or five, I think, is yeah. absolutely in play this yeah, year. Yeah, good league. But you yeah. know, see how many, see what happens. The conference tournament here is going to be nuts in March. And um, there's a lot of great. Are we doing this again with Tennessee? Are we, you know? Well, we're doing it again with Purdue. Yeah, that's true. I know. <laughs> I can't wait. Can't wait to bet against Tennessee in the tournament. Fool me once, fool me twice, uh-huh. fool me three times. Oh, you really boy. want to keep going back to war with those guys? Uh huh. I mean, it's going to be Rick Barnes and um, Matt Painter in the turn in the tur- tourney. So good luck with that. But Gonzaga's got issues. Yeah, looks like a down year. Florida Atlantic has to get their act together too. Come on, guys. I watched that game against Arizona out yeah, here in I Vegas. Know. How do you beat great? Arizona? Yeah, you were but, down seventeen in the game. You beat Arizona on a neutral. You're losing to Charlotte and Bryant and. Uh, uh, Gulf Coast? Yep. Since, since then, the struggle has been real. If you missed any of the show, you can go back and search Follow the Money wherever you get your podcast. Best of luck betting tonight. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.